Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Hello, tomatoes. I'm Cheryl Benton, and welcome to this special edition of The Three Tomatoes Happy Hour Podcast. My guests today are Reverend Lori Sue Brockway and Reverend Victor Furman, who also happen to be husband and wife. Their backgrounds are fascinating. Reverend Lori Sue is known as the Romance Reverend and has married hundreds of couples. She is also a journalist and the former editor-in-chief of Playgirl magazine and a longtime contributor to The Three Tomatoes. Reverend Victor has an Armed Forces broadcaster and is known as Victor the Voice, and you will know why in just a second. And he has a radio show called Destination Unlimited. He is a healer and spiritual counselor. And post 9-11, he offered meditation groups and spiritual survival counseling as a volunteer chaplain for the Red Cross. So welcome, Reverends Lori, Sue, and Victor. So happy to be with you, Cheryl. Thank you, Cheryl, for having us this morning. Oh, this is so great. And I really, I'm delighted to have both of you on the show today. And you both have such fascinating backgrounds. And I'd love for each of you to tell our audience a little bit about your lives before you became ministers and what led each of you to seminary school. So Lori Sue, let's start with you. Okay, well, I was a journalist, as you mentioned, for 20 years, and on that journey, I became an employee of Playgirl Magazine as um, editor-in-chief and also in different editorial positions. And um, about a week after I left Playgirl, and I was the editor-in-chief of another magazine uh, at that time, Single Living, but a week after I left all my duties at Playgirl, my, my dad died, and I had to figure out how to bury him and he had no religion. My parents were mixed religions. My mother didn't want anyone to know she wasn't married to a Jew. He was Christian. And so I did the funeral myself with two friends of mine, Barbara Bijou and Laura Norman. I have to give them credit for being there. And, um, you know, we, the three of us kind of pulled off this funeral. And at the end, the minister that my uncle had brought, who was a Methodist minister. I didn't let him talk until the end. And he called me over and he said, you know, can I talk to you for a minute? I thought he was going to tell me that I had done something terribly sacrilegious. And what he ended up saying was, have you ever thought of becoming a minister? And I said, no, no. (laughs) Because (laughs) Girl Magazine, I write sexy books. And can I you know, my mother's Jewish. Can she deal with me becoming, you know, it just was all this stuff. And then I remembered this rabbi, this wonderful rabbi, Joseph Gelberman, who had a seminary for all faiths called the New Seminary. And the magazine that I was running, Single Living at that time, went downhill. 
and I felt like publishing was sort of kicking me out. And I ran and I enrolled. My mother had a tiny little thousand dollar insurance policy for my dad. And she gave that to me. And um, I started seminary. And when I went, the rabbi said to me, you know what, don't wait until your classes start, come early. And he invited me out to lunch and uh, it was just really weird because uh, he was in contact with this man with this amazing voice. I heard them talking to each other, but I didn't meet him. And then I came to the graduation of the seminary that was happening in 1997. And I heard Vic speaking about his beloved at the time, Judy, who was very sadly ill, but he was talking about how amazing she was and the journey they'd been on together. And I said to myself, wow, you know, where do you find a guy who talks about that in public so poetically and so beautifully? And his voice was resounding through St. John the Divine Cathedral. And I had Alexander, my son, with me. He was six years old. He literally was feeling sick and I had to leave, but um, I was very touched. And then when I started my program, it turned out that Vic was doing the audio and was doing meditations and was part of my training experience because he was a very close friend of my deans and he'd become a dean himself at the new seminary. And it was so funny because a psychic had said to me, you're gonna meet your beloved in a synagogue and he's going to be in your orb. You're going to keep being around him. No, really? Oh, that's amazing. And I said to the, I said to her, I haven't been in a synagogue since I was six years old at a Hanukkah party. And <laughs> uh, my dean said to me, you have to, in order to be an interfaith minister, you have to make peace with your own, you have to connect with your own faith. And I started taking Alexander to the new synagogue, which was run by the rabbi. And there's Vic in the end of the room, at the back of the room, running the audio. And he was just everywhere. Every place I went, he was there for two years. And then, you know, one Yom Kippur, boom, we just sort of found out we were meant to be together. That is such a great, that's such a great story. And I've known you a really long time and I did not know all, that whole story. So I'm so glad. Uh, that I got to hear this along with uh, our listeners too. And so Victor, tell us about you. When I was a kid, uh, I had a wonderful grandfather who was quite old when I was young and he was very spiritual. And he impressed me with some wonderful wisdom and knowledge back then. And he spoke to me, not as a child, but as someone he felt would understand what he was talking about. And most, most of it stayed with me. Uh, my dad was not spiritual at all. And uh, in uh, the 20s, in my early 20s, I was in the Air Force for six years. I had been in both logistics and then uh, Armed Forces Radio and Television Service, uh, doing uh, news and commentary and uh, radio work uh, for two years in Korea, for a year in Guam and a few other places. In any event, got back to the States and I had applied to a number of radio and television stations. And in those days, uh, if, uh, even if you had experience, uh, you had to start in a small market unless you knew someone. And uh, I had applied to a number of stations and they had all accepted me, but the wages they were offering were 
uh, small for a six-day work week, starting a family and everything else. So it didn't work out for me. And I recognized that I had uh, a business background from my dad. And I put an ad in the Sunday Times and I said, let my communication skills enhance your business. A gentleman called me on a Monday, interviewed me Tuesday, hired me on Wednesday, and the next 42 years were spent in the compressed gas and welding supply industry. And that's wow. when I, my, day, my day job all those years uh, last with a company, a wonderful company out in Long Island that uh, I actually was just furloughed from a week ago. Oh, a week sorry. Ago today. <laughs> well, when one door closes, another opens, and I'll get to that in a minute. So um, in, in my late 30s, my mid-30s rather, I was having some issues with my back and I had a customer who was also a friend. He was a Japanese metal sculptor. And he said, why don't you take yoga classes? And I said, okay, I, that makes sense to me. It resonated with me. And uh, the, at the time I was living in Brooklyn and uh, the local high school was FDR and they had an adult education program and there was a bulletin that would come out periodically. And I looked at one and it said, study yoga with Judy Hamsa. And I said, that name, for some reason, that name resonates with me. So I signed up. I met Judy, started taking her classes. She came to me one evening and said, I love your voice. Would you lead the guided meditation? I started doing the meditations. Uh, we all started going to these uh, retreats up in Livingston Manor, New York at a Zendo, the uh, New York Zen Study Society, Daibosatsu Zendo in Livingston Manor. And I would facilitate meditation. We'd have these wonderful weekends. And one, at one of these uh, meetings, someone suggested or someone mentioned the word Reiki. And I'd never heard it before in this lifetime, but something about it resonated with me and my friend teacher, Judy. And uh, a couple of us said, yeah, that's something we're going to look into. This was October. We said, we'll look into that next year. Two weeks later, <laughs> we were in our first Reiki class together. <laughs> And Reiki became the spiritual accelerant for everything. And uh, that led to uh, me uh, facilitating a number of Friday night groups. And my uh, first marriage had ended. And at one of these meetings, uh, someone, uh, by, my first marriage ended, by the way, because of spiritual differences. I was expanding spiritually. She was contracting spiritually. And that really was the end of the marriage. And not, you know, not, not to go into details now, but mm -hmm. it, was, it was good for both of us at that point. Long story short, um, I started facilitating these Friday night uh, meetings, and uh, I, a friend of mine said, I know this woman who has breast cancer, and she'd love to learn about visualization, meditation, and Reiki, and all of the stuff that you do. Would you be willing to meet with her? And I said, yes. So I met with her on a Sunday morning, and she opened the door, and literally, she looked at me, and I looked at her, and we pointed at each other and said, it's you. We didn't meet in this lifetime, but we knew each other from before. And that started this amazing three-year oh, odyssey. Oh, my gosh. Three-year odyssey together. We were both in our mid-40s at the time. We started this three-year odyssey together. And uh, in, in the course of this, uh, I was doing Reiki. And in those days, if you wanted to do laying on of hands of any kind, you either had to be ordained in a faith where laying on of hands was considered to be a sacrament or a licensed massage therapist. Obviously, I didn't have the time to go to three years of massage school. <laughs> Uh, you know, at the uh, Swedish Institute, but uh, someone had mentioned, Judy had mentioned that this wonderful place, this new seminary of New York, and she insisted that I sign up for it. And when I went there and met the rabbi, it was again, a recognition of someone had, that I'd traveled with before on a soul level. It was almost mm -hmm. like my soul dad uh, meeting him there. And uh, he said, not only are you signing up, but Judy's signing up with you, my former partner, Judy. And we did. We signed up together, and we had three amazing years together. 
And uh, as, as Lori Sue had mentioned, in November of 97, we had the graduation and ordination ceremony. And I was honoring Judy. Judy had been a special education teacher at the Central Park East Secondary School in Harlem. And she took care of thousands of kids in her career who came from homes that had difficulty, sometimes broken homes. They all called her mom and she turned their lives around and gave them so many blessings in terms of encouraging them to find what made oh, them, what, what their talents so were, what, where they could excel. And uh, the majority of her kids went on to college and, and be, had wonderful and successful careers. And uh, so I was honoring her and Lori Sue heard me honoring her. And, uh, and uh, she said, where do you find a man who talks about a woman like that, as she had mentioned before? And uh, we were in our sphere together for the next couple of years, which one day I said to her, I said, you know something, we're not kids anymore. We've both been around the block a couple of times. I said, I think our feelings are genuine for each other. Let's make this a relationship and a partnership. And we did. And we've been together almost 21 years, married 15 years and a half. And... Uh, having the times of our lives. And by the way, when I found out she was the former editor-in-chief of Playgirl Magazine, <laughs> I said to somebody, why is she looking at me? And I said, I'm not Mr. January, but in any event. And, and that's how we got together. And we've been on this wonderful journey together ever since. And Alexander became my spiritual son in every sense of the word. Oh, that is, both of your stories are so wonderful. Thank you for sharing them. It's really special. And thanks for helping us to get to know Judy a little better too. She sounds like she was, she, she was wonderful. So I know each of you are really special separately, but wow, talk about a power couple together. You're, you're a hundred times more awesome than that, I think. So thank you. So let's talk a little bit now about this very challenging time that we're all going through collectively and of course, individually. And People are anxious, they're stressful, some people are fearful, some people have lost faith. What is your advice? What are you saying to people now on how to cope in this time of stress? Lori Sue, yeah, go ahead. Well, I think there are a number of things that we need to do. Some of them are very practical. Some of them are related to psychological, emotional, mental health and some are spiritual and some are health related. So the thing, I, I would say the first thing that we should all be doing is making a list of what, we, what is going on right now, what we're afraid of, name the fear, mm -hmm. and then make a, a second list with two columns, things that are happening that I cannot control and things that I can do something about. And so do a reality check about what you really can do. I mean, you could worry all day and we're all stressed out, but you can also turn off the news for a little while or segment it during the times of the day when you could just get the important things that you need to know. And I think we all should be starting our days in some sort of spiritual or meditative way. I'll, I'll tell you what I do. I get up in the morning and I light a candle before I do anything else. And I just start the day with light. And I sit down in my meditation chair and I watch the candle burning. Obviously you have to do this safely and only if you can in your home environment. Um, and I begin to meditate on the goodness and the blessings of the day. And I'm not saying that I don't get stressed out or worried. I mean, my husband knows that I have been stressed out. 
and you know, sometimes you need your partner to sort of help you just simmer down. But you know, I'm concerned about my child, I'm concerned about my husband, but I also feel blessed that we are not dealing with our two aged, aged mothers right now because my mom passed away 22 months ago. His mom passed away almost two months ago. We've lost uh, eight friends in the spectrum of time and our pet. And all we've been doing, all I've been doing is going to funerals. So uh, well, aren't, isn't it a blessing that we are not sitting with somebody at their deathbed right now? Isn't it a blessing that we don't have to be at the funeral? But at the same time, you have to also put things into your life that bring pleasure. And it can be anything from, uh, you know, maybe you like scents in your house. Maybe you need a diffuser. You know, put some lemon in the air because that's what everybody says is killing germs. And use music and television and movies and write. And if you don't want to write, talk to yourself in your iPhone. Uh, record some of your ideas. Go for a walk if possible. Take a shower. And I'll just feel like all the fears are washing and going down the drain. And also, if you feel like you're really sort of so stressed out that you can't handle it, number one, the, uh, the governor has a hotline. The number is 844-863-9314 if you have a need for a therapist because he's put a call out for all the therapists in the city to volunteer and people can call that number. And also, if you are really stressed out and you feel like you're going out of control, especially if you have a, a pre-existing mental illness or anxiety disorder or depression, you can actually use cold water to calm down. Studies show that cold water can regulate emotions. It's not the fix or the cure, but if, you are, if you're freaking out, get into the shower if you're able and take a cold shower. If not, you could stick your hand in a bowl of cold water or under a cold faucet for a minute. Those are such fabulous tips, really. I love them all. I mean, I love the idea of making the list of what you're, what you're fearing right now and saying, okay, what can I control? And I, I know there's times I've done that and that really, really helps. And also the fact that you touched on you know, your, you know, your mother has passed on, but so I have so many friends right now who have elderly parents and many of them are in assisted living or nursing homes and they can't even see them. So that just adds another whole level of, of anxiety there too. So that was another important, and I love the cold water tip. That's amazing. <laughs> so Victor, what are some of your suggestions? Well, as Laurie Sue had alluded to about our parents passing, uh, you know, there was a song by Mike Rutherford of Genesis. He had his own group called Mike and the Mechanics called In the Living Years. And the song was about his regret over not sharing his feelings with his father before he passed away. And the lyrics said, say it loud, say it clear. You can listen as well as you hear. It's too late when we die to admit we don't see eye to eye. Our recent loss of family and dear friends is a stark reminder of how ephemeral life is, especially now with what's going on. Occasionally, we're blessed to be with our loved ones before they transition and share our feelings with them, and often we are not. So what I would say to folks right now, if you truly love someone, tell them at every opportunity. If you can't see a parent or a loved one because they're in a hospital or in a nursing home, 
get on the phone, have the nurse hand them the phone, whatever you have to do, tell them you love them at every opportunity. Mm -hmm. If you feel you've hurt someone or caused a disagreement, ask for forgiveness with sincerity, really mean it. And if you've been hurt, lovingly let them know and forgive them. I think this is a time for radical forgiveness, meaning look at the things that have done, that you've done to others, that others have done to you. Recognize that if you forgive, there's a, a wonderful energy, a, a loving feeling that comes within you. It opens your heart when you forgive. And in the process of doing so, you're also increasing your resistance to infection and disease. So life is ephemeral. There's no promise of tomorrow. Express your feelings today with love. Oh, that is so beautifully said, Victor. And Thank you. really, I you've just hit on so many wonderful, um, so many wonderful topics. And I think now that we do have quiet time, many of us for the first time, reflection. This is a very good time to reflect and do some inner inner soul searching about ourselves. So that's and, that that's great advice. And to add to that, I talked about radical kindness and many people are looking for ways of sharing during this mm -hmm. time. There's a few simple things we can do. Um, we all have uh, or know someone who is alone and afraid. Give them the gift of sacred listening. Call them and allow them to express their feelings without interruption or comment. Really hear what they have to say and acknowledge them for it. There's an old expression, we're born with two ears and one mouth, listen twice, speak once. And that's what this, <laughs> that's what this really touches it's... upon. Establish a simple chain calling or messaging group among your family and friends. Each member will take responsibility to reach out to the next person and check in with them. This is also a good idea to reinforce that no one is alone. We are all in this together. Um, if you're following the practice of safe shopping, if you have the ability to walk to a store or drive to a store in a convenient location and you can shop safely for yourself or your family, reach out to someone who cannot do it for themselves and offer to do it for them. Don't worry about contact or payment. You can leave the packages at their door and I'm sure they'll reimburse you when it's safe or if you have the means, share the shopping as a generous gift a gift from the heart. And finally, contribute what you can to the services that are aiding medical personnel and first responders. Um, they're all local and national charities for this purpose. And finally, give yourself the gift of journaling your feelings and experiences, because when all of this is over, your entries will give you a deep insight into how you process this. And some of those answers may surprise you and introduce you to parts of yourself that you may have put aside or forgotten. Oh, that's, that's great. And, you know, I love the part where you were talking about reaching out to people on the phone, because one of the things I read is, you know, so many people, especially the younger generation, they only text. I mean, nobody picks up their phone or, I mean, I know if I call my daughter, I'm never going to get, she's never going to answer her phone. I have to text her, but that more people are actually realizing the value of hearing that voice and, and actually talking to each other. So, you know, maybe some of this will change the way that we communicate to in a better way. And I, and I hope so in, in more personal ways. So Lori Sue, I want to ask you this next question because I know you're a relationship expert and let's talk a little bit about people being cooped up right now with loved ones and spouses, kids, and it's starting definitely to become a challenge with a lot of couples and families, you know, you have two parents working from home, kids probably trying to do a little homework, but not much, getting bored. What, what would you say to all of us dealing with that right now? 
Well, I gotta say, I am not an expert on dealing with little kids, but I had one and I had one during 9-11 and my block was in lockdown and he was not allowed to get on and off of the school bus by himself. We had to have local, the local detectives and the Secret Service get him on and off the bus. Oh my gosh. And that was because they first tried to deny him getting off the bus. Um, so we were in lockdown. I lived up the block from the UN and we were in lockdown for five months. So. Um, oh my gosh what it was like. I, if I went out for tea, I didn't know if I could get back into my house to my kid. So, you know, I, it was a very scary time. And I understand the panic that parents are feeling, uh, the fear of, for their well, the well-being of their children, and also the difficulty of having to take care of their kids at home. It's insane. It's just nothing that's happened before in this country in this way. However, uh, I think there is a way, and this just requires each family to look at their own family dynamic, because whatever the family dynamic is, if everyone's very warm and loving and they get along, they can find a way to sort of smooth things out, even though there'll be tense times. Um, but if families are very dysfunctional, if there's an addict in the house, uh, if there's somebody who has an anger problem, you know, whatever exists as an issue in the family is going to be exacerbated. And what I would say, number one, for, for real problem spots is get on the phone with a therapist. And if you're dealing with someone or caregiving or uh, dealing with a problem person in the house, you know, create relationships with people who are dealing with the same problems, get into Facebook groups. Um, and talk to therapists about specific problems to help get the tools every day sometimes or a couple times a week uh, or at least once a week that can help you through it. And don't feel like you have to do it alone. There's a lot of therapists right now who have figured out how to do FaceTime and Zoom and other methods and telephone methods of therapy. So we have to remember that they're there. And there are also 12 steps groups that are available online. Uh, you know, some people can really take this time to reignite their relationships. You know, if you're alone with your husband, there's no reason that, or your mate, whoever your mate is, there's no reason that you can't chase each other around the house. I know Vic's waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, my husband, my husband is too, I think. That hasn't happened yet, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, there's no reason you can't or your intimacy in other ways. You know, enjoy sitting down to dinner together. Um, have breakfast in the morning. Yes. Um, uh, write your, each other love letters. Tell each other how grateful you are. I mean, we were hugging this morning and I said, I am just so glad we're in this together. I mean, for us, there's nobody else we'd rather be stuck in a house with, you know, but that, I know that's not the case for everyone. Right our moments too. I mean, we're all human. Everybody should have boundaries in the house too. Here's my space. Here's your space. In this time, I do this. This is my writing time. In this time, this is my recording time. Everyone in the household should be, have a right to certain boundaries and privacies, and it should be stated, maybe even put on a list, hung up in the kitchen. So that yeah. is... That's, that's, that's all really great advice. And then of course, some of the good things that are happening, you know, you talked about sitting down, having dinner for a lot of families, 
this is the first time they're actually sitting down having dinner together because of our crazy, you know, lot normal running around lives. You know, I know, honestly, for me personally, when I suddenly looked at a calendar that suddenly had nothing on it, it's actually been a relief in a way. And it's given me time to breathe. And I think for a lot of us, we may think about that after this as well and say, you know, do we need to be that full every day that we can't have time to really sit and focus on other things that are more important? So I'm sure that we're, we're going to see good come out of this too. And you both have been so incredibly helpful today. I can't thank you enough for, for joining me as my guest. And I just want to say to learn more about Reverend Lori Sue Brockway, you can visit yourinterfaithwedding.com. And Victor, how do they get they get a hold of you? I know they can hear you uh, hear you every Wednesday on OM Radio. And what it's, was your web address? Yeah, uh, the OM Times uh, for the podcast destination unlimited is omtimes.com forward slash i o m, and my website is victorthevoice.com. That's fabulous. And I'll put the links in the podcast too so people can find them. So stay safe, stay well. Thank you for all this wonderful. I, I feel so much better just talking to both of you. And I love getting to know each of you better today too. So thank you so much. Thank this you. Great. Take care of yourself. I know you do a lot for other people. So this is a uh, good time. Thank you. Thank you. Blessings to you and to everyone. You too.